Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods, that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Glad you guys could be with me. This is George with your weekly health and wellness update. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Ready to hear some good information, the cutting edge information on how you can improve your health. Wellness Talk is the show, of course, as always, that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, fitness, everything we can do to live a longer, happier, and healthier life. This show is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to to, uh, as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind, it is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So please always consult your doctor when wanting to make major changes or embark on any health programs. And uh, if you want to speak with me, you can go to georgebatista.com for consulting. You can go to facebook.com forward slash wellness talk for the articles that I go over, which I post usually a day or two later. And um, you can also go to uh, wellnesstalk at hotmail.com if you want to ask me any questions, which I love getting your questions as well. And I'm actually going to be posting some more Facebook stuff now. I think I'm going to start posting some some um, videos that I think are, are going to be very helpful to you guys as far as... Um, just things in general that I find interesting, and um, so, you know, be looking out for those. I, I posted one already this past week. All right, this this uh, week we're going to be going over how to protect your heart, and uh, we're going to use CoQ10 and B6, so those are important for heart health. That's from Natural News. We're going to talk about music and how it affects mood and uh, some new information on how it's actually af- affecting your mood as far as people setting an intention of how they want to feel and how the type of music that they, listen to, that they listen to actually helps with that intention and actually helps them feel differently. So that's from the Baseline of Health Foundation. Then we're going to talk about Boswellia, which is going to be our nutrient for the week. Uh, it's gonna, it goes over the... Uh, the latest information on it regarding helping joints, killing germs, and reducing inflammation. So something you guys want to take a look at if you're dealing with those issues. We're going to talk about 100 studies that link 
pesticides to Parkinson's disease. This is new information. This is mainstream stuff, too. So this is from uh, UPI.com. So you're going to want to take a look at this. And finally, how can you live to be 100? Well, we're going to show you nine ways you can do that. And the story of a gentleman who was actually doing that. <laughs> and uh, he shares some of his insights. So we're going to go over a little bit of, of his story and uh, and how you can uh, help with that situation. So let's get started. First, we're going to, this is from Natural News. This is uh, how to protect your heart with coenzyme Q10 and vitamin B6. So... Those nutrients are extremely important if you want to, uh, you know, basically protect your heart because we all know that heart disease, be, you know, becoming one of the biggest killers now in in, in the world as well. That uh, the heart tends to be a weak spot as you get older, and so you want to do everything you can as you age to protect the heart. Well. This was a control study published in the Journal of Nutrition Research in October 2012, and uh, it was from Chung Shan Medical University in Taiwan. Now, what they did was they measured blood levels of vitamin B6 and coenzyme Q10 in 89 healthy, controlled, and 45 people with coronary uh, artery disease, or CAD. Now, CAD is defined as at least 50% of stenosis of the major coronary artery, or basically kind of like a stiffening of the artery. Now, the researchers found that the participants with uh, CAD had significantly lower levels of both chemicals than the healthy participants. Now, because the body uses you know, vitamin B6 to synthesize coenzyme Q10, this is very interesting because they're saying that vitamin supplements may be helpful with people with CAD. Okay? Now, we know that, first of all, uh, vitamin B6, it's normally found in things such as meat, whole grains, nuts, bananas, vegetables, all different types of things, but it's a very essential nutrient. It plays a role in amino acids uh, in your body, amino acid metabolism. It plays a role uh, as far as sugar metabolism, and uh, just in general, it's a whole part of that B family, that B vitamin family. It's very, very important. Now, um, they've done studies in the past on it. In 2008, they did a study that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it said that a deficiency in B6 is widespread even uh, by those taking uh, certain supplements, okay, um, including B, um, you know, B B6 type supplements and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you 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 really have to make sure that you're not only getting a supplement form, but also in the things that you eat. Now. Coenzyme Q10 uh, is a little bit different because unlike B6, it has to be inje- it 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 um, well. I'm sorry, B6 must be ingested from food because your body doesn't make its own B6. But coenzyme Q10 is actually synthesized by the body. Okay, so the body makes a certain amount of coenzyme Q10, and what coenzyme Q10 really does it it helps with ATP, which is uh, your cell-producing engines. It helps the mitochondria of your cells, and it helps with uh, adenosine triphosphate, which is kind of the cellular fuel. It acts kind of like a cellular fuel to, you know, help run your cellular engines. So, but it also has been shown to provide other health benefits, including people from suffering from angina, high blood pressure, uh, and AIDS, and even cognitive health, and actually has been shown to to also work as kind of like an antioxidant and uh, help with the effects of aging. Now, 
you know, the, one of the ways you can boost coenzyme Q10, obviously, is you can get it in supplement form, which is good also, but you can also boost your uh, levels by things like eating organ meats, beef, sardines, mackerel, soy oil, things like that. But if, you know, obviously many people don't want to go that route as far as eating it in, in um, you know, through meats and stuff like that, then getting it in supplement form is very, very important. So you can find in a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, uh, multivitamins, but you can also find it on its own. Uh, many good companies sell it um, as its own uh, vitamin, but um, it's definitely something. But it's showing here basically that lack of those two nutrients has been, you know, has been proven now in people with coronary artery disease. So those of you who want to maintain your, uh, you know, your heart health as you get older, definitely those two are are one of the biggies. Also, DHA, very important. And then if you are suffering with any kind of heart issues or anything like that, things like hawthorn berry, uh, grapeseed extract, those types of things can also help uh, with any type of heart issues. But this is significant because uh, this is showing that this is very, very important. So add that to your toolbox. Next, Baseline of Health Foundation, John Barron. We're going to talk about mood, music, and genre. Now, this was a study uh, out of uh, where was it? Uh, was that actually? The, yeah, it says it in here somewhere. I forgot where it was, but anyway, this was a new study. It was um, participants set out to deliberately improve their mood using music as an aid. Now, the study asked 160. No, I'm sorry. This was University of Missouri. The study asked 167 students from the University of Missouri to set their minds to getting happier. So they actually asked them to to set a particular intention that they wanted, you know, uh, that they they should be getting happier, basically. Then the students listened to either uh, either to the dissonant, somber music of Igor Stravinsky's "Rite of Spring" for about 12 minutes. Or to a far more happier, chipper type of music uh, of Aaron Copland's Rodeo. Uh, a, control, a control group also listened to a rodeo, but without setting the intention. Okay. Now, this is what they found. After listening, the participants, the participants rated their happiness level on a scale of 115. The passive listeners who hadn't set a goal didn't improve their mood in spite of the upbeat music, and neither did the, uh, did the uh, Stravinsky uh, contingent. But those who listened to the Copeland composition with intent improved significantly. Okay, so again, understand that. They actually had the intention of, of setting their, uh, you know, of, of making themselves happier. They wanted to make themselves happier. They wanted to improve their mood, and they set that intention. That was the key here. So what they're finding in these studies that not only does the music itself matter, because, yes, the music it does matter, and the genre of music also played a role, but the biggest role that, was, that made the biggest difference was the intention that people set in actually wanting to improve their mood. Now, what does this mean in lay language? Well, this, uh, you know, this goes along with what I've been talking about, you know, for a long time, was basically how you can set intentions, how the, the mind and the mood and the body all are connected, and how intention plays such a role in, in um, wellness. But intention, when you're talking about attitude, so for example, if you want to get happier, you have to set the mood to get happier. You want to kind of 
bring out an intention to get happier at the same time while doing the action. But also, that's going to be a certain attitude. So, for, for example, how you look at something is going to set, is going to, you know, play a role in your attitude. Okay, so if you're, uh, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're unfulfilled in your job or you're upset at your job, then setting the intention and and changing the attitude within what you're doing is going to make a big difference. As well as let's say if you wanted to, whether it's meditate or listen to music or whatever it is, but the intention has just as much power as the actual action itself, and that's that's also in meditation. In meditation, you can do that as well. Uh, many people who meditate actually set an intention when they meditate because it kind of locks it in. It it, it kind of helps to lock that intention in to um, you know what they're when they're meditating, you know what they're doing. So it's very very important. But this is this is very very uh, important in general. So those of you who want to kind of you know open up your mood or you know lead in a happier mood, if you're kind of sad about a situation. Setting the intention to do it and then music itself and, and then the type of music you listen to that's more uplifting is going to actually help you improve in that way. This is much better than, uh, you know, drugs and antidepressants, I can tell you that, you know. Um, so this is good information. I uh, hope you guys can uh, use it and uh, read up on this article, I think. There's a lot more information on it. I'm just kind of giving you the highlights on it. But definitely read up on it because it's really, really good information and some good tips on it as well. Okay, next... Wellness Resources. This is an update on Boswellia. Now, what is Bob Boswellia, you ask? First of all, this is our nutrient for the week. And Boswellia, it is, a, first of all, it's an herb, okay? And it has a long uh, history. Actually, it's been used uh, almost pretty much from the beginning of time. Why? Because Boswellia is what is known, uh, what many people know as frankincense, that's right. So even in the ancient times when they talked about frankincense, it's actually Boswellia. And it's been used uh, medicinally in ceremonies and healing and all different types of things since the, literally the beginning of recorded history. But its claim to fame has generally been anti-inflammatory uh, in nature. And, uh, you know, it helps. It, it helps. It's, it's long been helped to... Um, boost your brain power, co- you know, help cognitive decline. It's shown in clinical trials to help people with uh, everything from asthma to rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, osteoarthritis, colitis. Um, it's, it's shown to reju- rejuvenate the brain, but also to block infectious gangs that can build up in certain areas of the body. And uh, this is great, but now it's also showing that it helps uh, joints, killing of germs, and reducing inflammation. Good. This was this was a study done. It was an osteoarthritis study. It was a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled, 90-day study, which is one of the the study that you really want to see this stuff in because it's one of those very important studies. Uh, it's very controlled, basically, and it involved 60 people. It tested two different standardized Boswellia extracts, both of which were found to produce statistically significant improvement in pain and joint mobility. Very, very important. Because people dealing with osteoarthritis don't know, you know, uh, you know, constantly, obviously, a lot of people taking anti-inflammatories and, and types of things that can have a lot of side effects. 
This is something that has minimal side effects and that is shown to actually help with joint mobility and also with pain itself. Now, uh, in other studies, Boswellia has also shown to reduce inflammation, free radical damage in asthma patients. It's also shown to reduce inflammatory nitrous oxide. Now, we know there's different types of nitric oxide. There's the friendly nitric oxide, which is the one that kind of... Um, uh, relaxes your blood vessels. Um, and then we have the inflammatory nitric oxide, which is the one that kind of makes them more rigid and stiff. Well, this actually helps asthma sufferers with nitric oxide in the lungs. So, very, very important. Also, more research on it. At the MD Anderson Cancer Center, it found that Boswellia deactivates the key receptor on cancer cells. Specifically, pancreatic and breast cancer cells were tested. And um, what it does is deactivates the key receptor that allows the cancer to spread and invade. Okay. Another recent study on mice with implanted tumors found that Boswellia reduced tumor size and increased survival time in the mice. So another important key to the success of Boswellia. So this is good stuff. Uh, Boswellia being studied more and more these days because they're realizing the amazing effects of this. And of course, you know, like I always say, if, if Big Pharma had a uh, drug that did all this, then uh, it would be the biggest block, you know, blockbuster drug since, you know, at least in the last 30 years. But nope, this is an herb. That's right. It's an herb that helps uh, with a whole myriad of things. So um, this is definitely worth checking into if you're dealing with anything from inflammation to, uh, you know, to germ gangs, to cognitive decline, to asthma, to all different types of things. Just another tool you can use. All right. From UPI.com. This is out of Italy. This is out of Pavia, Italy. And this is more than 100 studies show links of pesticides and Parkinson's. Now, this was a meta-analysis. Uh, a meta-analysis basically is just a collection of a whole bunch of studies. This was actually more than 100 studies that showed that pesticides, herbicides, and solvent exposure is linked to a higher risk of Parkinson's. Now, this is one of the first studies that actually shows this. And why, you know, this is very, very important. Now, this, um, this, they, they reviewed about 104 studies on exposure to weed, fungus, rodent, bug killers, and solvents, and the risk of developing Parkinson's disease. Now, the studies that evaluated the proximity of exposures, such as country living, uh, work occupation, and well water drinking were also included. Now, the researchers published in the, in the journal Neurology found that exposure to bug killers, weed killers, and solvents increased the risk of developing Parkinson's disease by 33% to 80%. Understand that, from 33% to 80%. Okay, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. So if you think about it, those of you who are using these types of things on a regular basis... Uh, what you want to do, number one, knowing this information, you want to minimize your exposure as much as possible, okay? Now, there are a lot of uh, these types of things, bug killers, weed killers, uh, and I've, I've used them myself, you know, on my yards and stuff like that, bug killers, weed killers, all these different types of things that have minimal of the um, toxic ingredients in them. You have to find them, but they're out there. 
Okay, they are they are in different, you know, in the different, uh, you know, even Home Depot and all those types of stores sell uh, those types of more green type of things that are a little more safe to use. But also, if you're using these types of things, definitely use some kind of mask or some type of uh, protection so you're not inhaling this stuff because. Um, if you're using this on a regular basis without any protection, or if you're using stuff like that inside, especially where it has nowhere to go, then you're increasing your risk of of, uh, of Parkinson's disease. Uh, this is this is uh, you know this is big information here, and this is mainstream. Okay, this is mainstream, so this is nothing to uh, this is nothing to dismiss. Now, also, this is another reason why you want to minimize your your um, your exposure to things that are not organic. So, for example, those of you who are buying fruits and vegetables and those types of things, if you want to get more organic uh, fruits and vegetables, because, again, those things also have pesticides. Now, they didn't really talk about, uh, and in the study, they didn't actually talk about how the ingestion was as far as, you know, how much the risk as far as consuming it or eating it versus inhaling it. They really didn't talk about too, that too much. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that that's going to become, that's going to be another study around the corner. But in order to minimize your risk, again, my suggestion would be to uh, minimize exposure, get by organic if at all possible, to minimize the, that, and then buy your weed killers and bug killers and all those types of things in the most of uh, in the best form possible that doesn't have the toxic ingredients read the labels very carefully um, again they are out there because I've used them myself um, but I think it's worth investing in all right next mind body green I always get a lot of good tips and good information from this. I'm going to read a little bit of a story here, and I think this is going to be interesting to you guys because this is entitled Nine Ways to Live to Be a Hundred. Now, obviously, we're, you know, we're always thinking of ways that we can improve our health as we get older and, uh, you know, from great tips. But the, to me, one of the best ways to find out is how you know, how people have done it. People who have lived to 95 or 100 years old, whether it's parents, grandparents, or just, you know, folks that you may know of that are older and have lived to that age, ask them what they did. You know, I, I always I always find it fascinating. And obviously, you're never going to find one specific answer for everything. But, um, but I think it's interesting that just to kind of get a sense of, of what they did and how they lived their lives and you know what their attitude was throughout their life, and so on and so forth. Because um, it's it's really really important here. Now, so this was a good story, and I'm going to read a little bit of, uh, of, of this story. I'll paraphrase as much as possible, but I, again, I think it's very interesting. Uh, Stamatis Moritis, and, and I'm hoping I'm saying this name right. This was an actual person who was living in the United States when he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and he was told he had only nine months to live. He considered taking his doctor's advice, aggressive you know, chemotherapy to prolong his life, but it wouldn't cure him. But what he decided to do, instead of going through those routes of the normal chemotherapy and all that, he decided to re- return to his native land, which was um, Ikaria, which was one of the Greek islands where he grew up. And he figured he, you know, he would spend the rest of his time there to be buried with his ancestors overlooking the ocean, okay? the Aegean Sea, actually. Now, he and his wife, they moved into a small house on a vineyard with his elderly parents, and he was expecting basically to die soon. Now, 
when he prepared to die, he you know he started going to his old church. He reconnect, he reconnected with friends over bottles of wine, and he he even started to plant vegetables in his garden. You know, he figured he would do all this, not expecting to be around for long. And he hung out and basked in the sunshine. He you know relaxed. He he I mean he had a great attitude for a person who was told they were gonna you know only had six months to live, which is incredible because most people who are told that are kind of like you know freaking out pretty much and of you know the stress and the uh, is I'm sure is unbelievable. But he kind of took it another way. So he savored the air, and he, he, you know, really got together with his wife. He renewed, he renewed his love for his wife and everything. Now, six months passed, and not only did he did not die, he was actually feeling better than ever. So he started, to, he started working in the vineyards during the day, making himself useful, and in the evenings, he played dominoes with his friends. Now, check this out. Forty-five years later... Stamatis is now 98 years old. It's unbelievable. He's 98 years old. At one point, 25 years after his diagnosis, he went back to the United States to ask his doctors what happened. Now, here's the kicker to this story. When he went back to see his doctors, his doctors were all dead. (laughs) Unbelievable, right? His doctors were... He outlived his own doctors that told him that he had six months to live. Incredible. Now, this is a great story. Now, why does this story matter? Because um, this was some of the information that that we've learned from people like him uh, and what they've done, okay? Uh, Because, you know, there are many, many people who have done this type of stuff who've recovered from illnesses and have, uh, you know, lived to be 100 years old. Uh, you know, the Juice Man, uh, Jay Cordage, if anybody knows the Juice Man, he's very, he's, he's got to be, I think he's almost 90 years old now. He, he recovered from bladder cancer, and now he's 90 years old, and he's jogging and running and doing all these things. He's doing, he's doing great, and he's, you know, juicing. <laughs> so, basically what we have here it's a longevity-inducing factors, which was researched, and uh, they they studied the population of centenarians, people who live to 100 years old, and they kind of put together nine things that help them um, to live to be 100 years old. So I'm going to go over these really quick, so you guys can uh, take a listen to it, and I think it'll be kind of inspiring, actually. I just think that story in and of itself was inspiring, but anyway. So the first one was sleep in, and take naps. A 2008 study conducted at the University of Athens Medical School and the Harvard Public uh, School of Public Health studied more than 23,000 Greeks and found that occasional lab- napping was associated with a 12% reduction in the risk of coronary heart disease. Okay? Very, very important. Napping. Who knew? All right? Uh, but other things like relaxation... Uh, honey and tea um, were great, but napping was was one of the big ones. Okay, so it's very, very, very important here. Okay, very, uh, extremely important. Now, number two, stop worrying about being late. And this is this is where I had a big issue with this way back in the day, and now I'm I'm getting a little better at this now. But um, um, it says basically arrive when you get there and let others do the same. Worrying about it triggers the fight-or-flight stress response, 
which can reduce your life expectancy. So again, don't worry about always being late. You know, just get there when you get there. Number three, grow a garden, nurture it, and eat from it. Eat plants, avoid animal products, consume lots of olive oil, avoid processed foods, and drink wine in the company of good friends. Good, good, good advice. Number four, never give up on your sense of purpose. Finding a a fulfilling calling throughout your lifetime can extend your life. In fact, studies have linked early retirement uh, to reduced life expectancy. Now, in Okinawa, which is another place where people live to be 100 on a regular basis, people embrace the notion of of what's called ikigai, which is the the reason for which you wake up in the morning. And I'm sure if I'm saying that right, for those of you who you may know it better than I do, but they basically embrace the reason for getting up in the morning in the first place. Great, great attitude to have. Okay, Number five, get it on. A study of uh, Ikarian men between 65 and 100 found that 80% of them claimed to have sex regularly, and a quarter of that self-reported group said that they were doing so with good duration and achievement. And then it says, go dudes. (laughs) So look at that. Regular sex, another thing to keep you young. Now we all, we all, you know, we all could uh, enjoy that one. All right, number six, take, take uh, take a placebo at least once per day. What does that mean? Well, Ikarians take a spoonful of honey every morning. They believe it is their medicine and use it for use it for both prevention and treatment of illness and injury. They also regularly consume a homemade tea made of a special blend of herbs they believe extend their lives. How interesting is that? Okay? You see how they do the little things every day? They do the little things every day that seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them, but they do it over and over and over and over. And then by the, you know, years later, that's when you see the effects. Number seven, walk up 20 hills a day. To get around the island, Ikarians walk, and it's hilly where they live. So exercise isn't something they do at the gym. It's an enjoyable, built-in part of their lifestyle. Okay, So they exercise by default, just by living there. Number eight, cultivate a sense of belonging. Okay, So... Be a part of the community where you fit in. Ikarians live in a multi-generational homes and avoid spending too much time alone. And researchers have proven that being a part of a nurturing community is more important to good health than quitting smoking or starting to exercise. How about that? Number nine. Go to the church, temple, or mosque. Studies show that gathering as a part of a spiritual uh, community can extend your life for up to 14 years. And actually, there's a number 10 in here, okay, which says, surround yourself with people who follow steps 1 through 9. How great is that? How, how inspiring is that? Okay? And these are not hard things to do. These are very simple, everyday things you can do. But these are just... Again, and this is what's called the compound effect. And those of you who have listened to this show before know I talk about the slide edge principle. And the slide edge principle, is a, is a, if, you, if you ever get a chance, get the great book called The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson. 
And he talks about the little things that you do every single day that you don't think are making a difference, but in a year, two, three years down the line will make a huge difference. And that is what that's what makes the difference in general. It could be in your health, it could be in your finances, it can be in your relationships, it can be wherever. But if you do little things every single day, you know, whether it's to improve your health or to maintain your health or whatever it is, you will at the end of a year's time, for example, you will find a big difference. And that's what you want to do. Little things every single day. Whether it's take a teaspoon of honey, whether it's take a green superfood, whether it's take a vitamin, whether it's eat something healthy, whether it's exercise, all the or, or a combination of all these things. Even if you do exercise ten minutes a day, you do that you do that uh over you know, over a year's time. You're gonna be a lot fitter than you were. Okay, so very, very important. So anyway, I just thought that was um, good information for you guys. Those of you who want to live a long time, I know I do. At least I want to grow old gracefully so I can dance at my daughter's wedding and do all those fun things. All right, so that's pretty much it for this week. I'm glad uh, you guys were able to tune in. I will be back again next week. Hope you guys had some good information. Have a great week. Until next week, everybody, be well. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to The Farmer's Dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com listen. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud.